Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Time now for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Sliman Brothers. Offering everyday low prices, expert advice, and free delivery. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kyle. We've been talking a lot about the Blues today, and earlier we went through some of the differences and the similarities between this team and the 2019 team that won the Cup. And really, more so than that even, the similarities between the Blues in 2022 and some of the other recent teams to win the Stanley Cup. And right now we're joined by the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Kerbs, we always appreciate the time, man. I want to bring you in on this conversation What are the biggest differences that you've noticed so far between who the Blues were when they won the Cup back in 2019 and what you've seen from this version of the Blues in 2022? Oh, I think that uh, this current version is a more offensively talented and more offensively skilled hockey team than uh, the 2019 team was. Um, And uh, I think that to me, that's probably the biggest difference. I, I think they're because of that, they're deeper on the forward side uh, where I think the 2019 team had an edge on this current team was I think that 2019 team was a little more disciplined on the defensive side of the puck. So there's your trade-off right there for you, fellas. Sometimes when you, when you've got more skilled guys, or you've got skilled players like Kyra and Thomas coming into their own more than they were in 2019. Uh, they're going to try to make some moves. You're probably going to have some mistakes as a result of it. So it's a little bit of a give and take when you compare those two aspects of the game. Curbs, we talked about this on post game the other night after that victory against Nashville. And we talked about just guys buying into different roles uh, rather than what they've been used to of being a top six forward. And Shen was on the fast lane yesterday and talked about, you know, he'll play wing center, whatever this team wants, he's going to play it for them. If that mentality is already coming out of Braden Shen's mouth, you would imagine that mentality is in that locker room. And in my opinion, if that's the way they're going to go, this makes them even more of a dangerous team. Well, that, that's exactly right. That's going to be necessary. Does does Tyler Bozak fancy himself as a fourth-line player, or does he fancy himself as a guy that could still make a role in the top six or, or top nine? The one thing that you're going to see with this team is everybody's still going to get chances up and down the lineup depending on how the game on a nightly basis progresses. If you're Braden Shen and you want to be playing top six minutes, that's going to be on the wing right now because you're not going to – you supplant Ryan O'Reilly and you're not going to supplant Robert Thomas, you know, when you, when you look at it that way. And to me, if now at the same time, you put Braden Shen back at center and Braden Shen has an opportunity to be on what could be a top line any given night, because like the last game we saw, the other team might've keyed in really well on Kyrou Thomas and Tarasenko and slowed them down a little bit. That allowed the O'Reilly line to take on, you know? So if you kind of go with where the blues are going and where they're leaning right now. They've got so much flexibility and a lot of times on defensive draws, you're going to put two centermen on the ice as well. So if one guy kicks out, for example, if Ryan O'Reilly gets kicked out and it's Braden Shen on the left side, Braden Shen comes in to take the face off. You're in some really, really good shape with that. 
So I think the flexibility is there. But you're, you're absolutely right when it comes to that one, Alex. It's going to be guys playing in the role that's needed that will lead this team to win, not necessarily the role they feel they should play. And if that is accepted, this team becomes a really, really dangerous team top to bottom. Curbs, we're finally seeing what this team looks like today out on the ice for the first time, really, at full strength. You've got the Shin O'Reilly Perron line is what they had earlier today. They went back to the Russian line with Buchnevich, Barbashev, and Tarasenko, and their third line is one that I absolutely loved with Saad, Thomas, and Tarasenko. Cairo. Uh, excuse me, Saad, Thomas, and Cairo. My apologies. What do you think of the way that they've constructed that top nine with what they have available to them right now and with Brown being the guy that's on the outside looking in? Well, and, and that's kind of the way it should be right now. I think they called up Logan Brown uh, with the need that they had. Uh, he did a great job of playing in that role, but then this team got healthy. And for him to be in the lineup, he's going to have to really uh, you know, force his way in. Now, that said, a guy like Brown, who I believe at this point would have to clear waivers to go back down, that might have been why you saw James Neal put on waivers you know, prior, uh, a couple of weeks ago and then when not picked up, moved to the taxi squad. Th- this, the team is deep, as we were just talking about. And when you've got a guy like Ivan Barbashev who can play the center position and is having the kind of success that he is having this season, you, you ride that horse. So putting him back with Butchnevich and, and Tarasenko is really in a lot of ways a no-brainer. And then it gives you the flexibility – to put the speed and the, and the passing ability with a pure goal scorer and a guy like Brandon Sod. And, and again, that just creates some real matchup problems all the way down the lineup. And then there's a guy like Sunquist and Bozak that, that are on your fourth line. So, you know, again, to me, if, if a team wants to start matching up and try to key in on one guy, maybe then to break a Tarasenko free, you slide him up with Ryan O'Reilly or you put him down with uh, – or, or slide him – heck, at this point, you slide him in with, <laughs> with Robert Thomas. Right? I don't even think it's right to say slide down. So that's, again, that flexibility that this team has. Now, again, when healthy, it comes to, at some point in time, not all the minutes are going to add up. But if the overall uh, thought processes do what's needed for the team – you're going to find success with those with those types of lines and those types of matchups. Curbs, I think we found or at least heard a, another X factor for this Blues team towards the end of the season, and it's the new rules with the protocols that went into place yesterday of uh, after the All-Star break, once players do that initial test back to being with the team, asymptomatic players are not tested for the rest of the season. I mean, what kind of impact is that going to be on that roster, but also on that coaching staff? Well, unfortunately, I don't think that at this point in time, because they've already had 21 of their players (laughs) end up with COVID, I don't think that it's going to be that much of an impact on the Blues roster. Other teams that haven't had to deal with what the Blues have, where it still might be coming, well, they they just got a huge break. I think think the Blues, honestly, from a competitive standpoint, felt the brunt of COVID and the rules more, if not more, on an equal level, if not more than any team in the league, they had to play shorthanded. They had to play without a goalie. They had to play with, with, with 11, you know, forwards and seven defensemen to throw a handful of times. Now the rules have changed to kind of give a little cap relief, bring the taxi squads back up, you name it. And you're not going to hear the blues there. No one's griping about it. I'm just saying that now that these rules have been adjusted, the fact that the blues have had so many on the COVID list, I don't think it's going to be, uh, all that impactful. Now you still have a couple of guys, you know, that have not tested positive for COVID in the last couple of months. 
And now that part's going to be a positive for those handful of guys because unless they're symptomatic, and let, let's face it, guys, if if they're saying that uh, you don't have to test unless you're symptomatic, I guarantee you, you're not even going to hear about a runny nose across the national hockey. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. And and it, it's the way these sports leagues are going. I look, I thought Braden Shen said it best. So you're going to test these players every single day. They're healthier than anybody that's coming into these buildings. Uh, you're not testing the 18,000 people, right, that are coming into the buildings, but we're testing the players. And what they're finding is two. What, what led to this was two key factors. One, more and more players, because they were vaccinated, had mild to no symptoms when they were testing positive. And then the second part of it, and this was something that a doctor had mentioned to me two and a half months ago, is that the vaccinated uh, people that are vaccinated with these variants they were testing out of it, meaning uh, just three to five days later, they were getting negative tests as well. And, and so I think that th- that shortened time period, along with the lack of impact, has led to this. And, and it's a positive for everybody. Curves, I mean, the other thing is, like, in our everyday lives, there are doctors and nurses and therapists and whatever else that are not being tested regularly, and they're the ones that are taking care of all of us right now. So I, it's just, it, it's difficult for, for any of us to understand exactly what's what's going on, but I'm glad that they, in my opinion, finally got this right. I also wanted to ask you about the goalie situation right now for the Blues, and I'm not trying to ask you about any sort of controversy or anything like that. I think the schedule sets up really well for them, Curbs, to go through something like this right now, because over the next six games, you've got two uh, back-to-back. So you've got Sunday and Monday against Vancouver and Calgary, and then you've got the following weekend, Saturday and Sunday against Winnipeg and Chicago, right before you go into that break, potentially. How do you think that this schedule helps Craig Berube and the staff as they kind of go into what this break's going to be and trying to get Jordan Bennington back on track? Well, one of the things that, that coaches do, and, this, and the goaltending coach is a big part of this, is they look at a schedule and they just kind of look ahead. And they'll, they'll plan two to three weeks ahead of time. And unless something drastic happens, they're going to stick with that plan. It, it creates the, the creatures of habit. It allows players to know when they're going to play and that kind of thing. And more times than not, even though the, the media, the fans may not be told who's going to play, these goaltenders know when they're expected to get in and when they're expected to go. I, I think the Blues are in a great situation because – They've got both goaltenders that can clear as they earn your points. Now, look, there's going to be an adjustment of the schedule, and I think that that may get released later on today, you know, finally, as we start to see how that Olympic break feels in. And if not today, hopefully tomorrow. Um, I expect a couple of games to be changed, uh, you know, going into that Olympic break, and then even how it, it may be coming right out on the end. So we'll, we'll see how that part goes. But, but to me, what, what it really is going to do is the fact that you've got two goaltenders that you know are going to keep you in two games, and, and keep you in games the way these guys have, you've got to be real confident. Because even though some games are going to shift into that, what was the Olympic break window, really at the end of February, into March and April, as the season goes to the end of April this year, you are going to still have a crunch of games, and you need your goaltenders. Nashville lost again, right? I mean, they've, they've been riding UC Soros, and, and that guy needs a break. Uh, the Blues don't have that situation. They've got a situation where... They, they can split it up a little bit, and it bodes well. And then, look, if you go into a weekend like this one, for example, and you want to give the hotter hand, which is Billy Huso, than that, well, then you play him on Friday and then one of the back-to-backs, and that gives Jordan Bennington a couple extra days of practice to be working on things. And, and practice for these goalies on that stuff 
is just as important as practice for special teams or other aspects of the game. I think the Blues are in a really good spot goaltending-wise still. He's Chris Carber, the voice of the Blues, joining us here on BK and Ferraro as he does each and every Wednesday at 1.30. You'll hear him on the call for the Blues versus the Kraken on Friday night right here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN. Curbs, we always appreciate the time, man. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk with you again next week. All right, guys. Have an awesome week.